0: So hello and welcome to episode two of Switch of Player with myself, Mark Simpson, and with Mickey Barron. Um, thanks, first of all, for all the brilliant feedback we've had on the, uh, on the first episode. Fantastic. And thanks for everyone who's followed us on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and of course, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and you'll, you'll know when the next episodes are, uh, are online. But uh, delighted to be joined tonight by uh, Pools legends, Brian Honour and Keith Nobbs. And, and and with you, Mickey, now, I think I'm a bit humbled here. I've got about 1,100 Hartlepool appearances there virtually around us here now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, two heroes, you know what I mean? Uh, two
1: heroes as players. But I think, for me, even better as men, absolute pleasure to know them both. So I, I'm looking forward to a really good, Night full of stories, and I'm sure we'll be laughing a little bit. Just before we go on, similar, like I said, before I bumped into Phil and Steve Turnbull yesterday yeah. in the park, and they'd listening to the first episode and they really enjoyed it. And I said, well, if we have a really quiet week when there's no one available, we'll get them to one. So we'll
0: get confused. Oh, we have to. The, the names are on the bottom. it will be all right, Warner. That's
1: fair. I know right. I was in the park with them
0: yesterday. I still don't know who's who. So. Give him tags. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and fellas, Brian, Keith, how we doing? Alright, Brian um just
2: probably the same as everybody else at this horrible moment in time but yeah just just managing it and trying to
0: get on with things keith i know you like to stay active if you've been out and about you've been on the bike have you
3: yes i normally go out with lucille that's my mountain bike i normally go out three four (laughs) times a week now so i'm getting fitter the only trouble is or sometimes um she gets a little upset with me sometimes and throws me off but um,
0: (laughs) we've seen the results of that in the past haven't we
3: yeah yeah she she knocked me out one time like yeah.
0: You, side you've been down. out on your bike, haven't you? You are.
1: You've been out on your bike a lot. Mickey? Yeah, yeah, I've been out quite. A, I'm, I enjoy it because it's uh, better than running for me. Because if I run, I just get so stiff the next day. So, I've been in the Durham today and round Maiden Castle where we used to train. So, uh, it's been quite a nice day. Hopefully, I won't get cramped this week either. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, brilliant. Well, I mean, lads, I don't know, you know, you get these people on I? I don't even know where to start but I mean it, the football that you played for the club between you you know all those appearances you must have so many memories and and football to a certain extent I suppose was was pretty different back in the, in the day when you started playing oh I, yeah yeah absolutely Mark I mean I
2: remember I was going into the dressing room for like like the likes of Bob Newton and, and noddy and Alan Little and Roy Hogan and Paul Dobson, and it, it was just like all Eddie Blackburn, just all characters and things like that, you know. And the the normal thing for like an away trip then was, I think we were sponsored by Cameron's Brewery, and it was like, oh, well, was the skips on? Yeah, the boots are on, the skips are on. But it's the two trays of lager on as well, which we used to get off Cameron's, you know. So, but like I say, a different world then. You know, coming back to Weatherby, getting fish and chips and sing song on the bus was the norm, you know. And just like I say, just totally different world, but but happy days as well, you know.
0: What, were you, what were you, you two, Did you get on as teammates, you two? You, was he was a good teammate to have, uh, Keith?
3: Yeah, Mosey. Yeah, I used to give the ball to Mosey and just off he went. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Uh, uh, life that's easy. <laughs> easy.
2: <laughs> Nobbs used to call me Mosey and people, what's he on about? He says, they just give just give Mosey the ball and he Mosey's on up the wing. <laughs> Nobbs used to have a nickname for like, and people couldn't understand what he was on about. He used to call John Tinkler Bertie and one day I said to t- t- Nobbs, what do you call him Bertie for? He says, Well, I just think he looks a bit like Bert
0: Lancaster.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't see the resemblance to be fair. Like Bertie's Bertie, Mosey's Mosey, but uh, that was just Kate's bit of a weird sense of humor, I think. Like, but yeah, not oh, I... great to play with like on a match day because he wouldn't, you know, he wasn't he, he would happily play one one against one against the winger and let me go and play forward. You know, the only downside was when we played attack v defense. So obviously I was a left winger in them days, and obviously I had to play against Nobsy who was a right back. And he used to kick hell out of us. It was it was absolutely horrendous, like to be fair. And then then the next season, John Bird says, oh, I'm gonna put you on the right wing. And I said, oh, I was happy about that, but then they signed Rob McKinnon, so it was like go, going out the frying pan and into the fire, like so. But yeah, like I say, Nobsey was out and out defender, he actually loved defending. And for, from a winger's point of view, he was brilliant. He just said, you, know, you go and get on with it, Mosley, you go and do your damage at the final, you know, in the final third. And I'll just kick
1: it a lot of his left winger for you. So, he, he was perfect. To be fair, I, had, I had the same with Darryl Clark. I used, Darryl used to play in front of me. And as you know, I wasn't bothered about going forward. But I'd look up the pass from sometimes. He'd be on the left wing. Go, what are you doing over there? He was like, oh, I think I've just got a good chance of getting something over here, Mickey. I'm like, yeah, but I've got a left back and a left winger coming down the wing here. And he he was quite happy to let me defend. But he would just, as I say, just go anywhere he wanted to get the ball.
2: I always try to do my bit in front of front of Keith and Robbie to be fair. Like we we were in still we never went away from four four two ever. you had to try and keep the shape. But Nobs just used to say us so far, and then the winger just let
0: me on and then that you know that was the way it is was really. I remember you saying though, Mickey, in your successful teams, and I think you've probably said to me as well, Brian, over the years, about them partnerships all over the field. You you can't really be successful, especially in the four four two, I guess, without those partnerships all over the field.
2: Oh, absolutely. Aye. I mean, obviously there's, there's Joan Bakes there, a partnership, me and Nubsey on the, if you look at the promotion team in 91, me and Nubsey on the right, Robbie and Paul Dalton on the left, John McPhail and Mick Smith or Ian, Ian Bennewith or whoever it was, and Joan Bakes at the top, you know, so yeah, and we, to be fair, we, like you say, we, you know, we're not dead close as well, it's like we, we're following each other up, but we were close, we are close friends. Um, and but we were a good. We had a good team spirit then, you know. We always used to go out on the Wednesday night. I've said many times. But we're good lads as well, you know. So yeah, it, it, we just we just mixed in together, really.
3: We always used to look after each other on the pitch, like you know what I mean. Because you know you used to you used to get clogged sometimes, like you know what I mean. So it was it was sometimes like you know you have, you you have to like look after each other and stuff, you know. You used, you used to be able to like tackle from behind and all sorts of when we were playing. <laughs> but,
1: um, I bet you never did any of them, Nobsey.
3: I was, well, well. I was, I was talking to Mark before, like, and um, how like, rough it used to get, like, I was, like, clearing the ball one time, like, and just as it happened, like, I cleared it, and as I was clearing it away, the lads took his head down, so I kicked him in the head, so he punched us under the jaw, looking really enough, my teeth were, were closed, and he cracked us under the jaw, looking enough, I stood up, so I grabbed over him by the throat, and the lads, were jumping on my back and they were grabbing all of him and stuff and that like. So the referee sent him off. So a few, few like weeks later, we played the, the same team. So when we were going out on the pitch, like Smudge, Tony Smith, I was playing centre-half with him at the time. I used to play with him at Halifax as well. He says, um, Nobzy, this lad Johnson, like, he absolutely hates you, son. He absolutely hates you. He can't stand you. He says, "Yeah." Um, We'll we'll get him sent off, no trouble. I said, oh, hey, hang on, mate. Like, you know what I mean? He's built like Popeye. He's got muscles like that, Living eating spinach and all sorts of stuff. He looked like Cyril Rages. Remember him? Big, big lad, like. Anyway, we played the game, like, and as we were going on, lad was marking, I was marking him, and he just, like, went across us a bit to, like, shield the ball, and smudge went down the back of him. He absolutely ripped all the back of his sock off, Raked his leg because he used to wear like the like the hard like aluminium studs in and that like pitches oh, red. I mean, raked his leg down, he was bleeding. He was he was like oh, he was screaming like, and all you can hear is Smudge saying, "Great tackle, Nobsey son, but get in there, son, you have him, son." You know what I mean? He's absolutely winding him up. So Smudge turns back to me, laughing. He says, "He's off you, Knobsy." I says, "What are you on about, like?" He says, "I've told him what a great tackle, Nobsey son." So anyway. Few minutes later, like the ball goes down and we have a corner. So as we go down to have like a corner, I thought it was like a little bit odd that the lad didn't go down, because normally he's a big lad and he goes down with a centre half, like, you know. Anyway, he just stood on the halfway line and he just looked one way, looked the other way, and just went bang! Snapped <laughs> us in the face, full on, full <laughs> elbow. He hit us that hard that he split me eyelid and my eyelid popped down over here, bust all my nose. I've got blood all over my face. And all I can hear is smudge going, get in there, Nobsy. He's off. Great job, son. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm stood in a pool of blood, and all I've got is smudge just laughing, get in there, Nobsey. So Jody ain't go, didn't he? Told you? Tony wouldn't last very long. And I'm like, bloody hell. I'm like, what? and I got blood all over us and that, like, poor, didn't half crackers. Yeah. But you didn't go off though. <laughs> no, you'd stuck back and come back on, brother. You know what I mean?
1: I remember, <laughs> I remember Neil Cooper saying to me one time, he's like, Mickey, when we score, I want everyone to run and celebrate together. He's like, goalkeeper. But I've noticed, Mickey, that you don't run up. And I was like, Gaffer, to be honest, it's too far to run. Like, I'm always on the half way line. I can't be bothered to run all that way. And then by the time I get there, everyone's done the celebration anyway. And I just look like a clown turning up a little bit late. So I can't be bothered. And he was like, yeah, but when there's a fight, Mickey, I see you sprinting the full length of the pitch to get
0: involved in a fight. And I was like, yeah, because that's a little bit more fun, isn't it, when there's <laughs> a fight? <laughs> a bit different. <laughs> uh, but that was what it was like. It was proper hard men, wasn't it? I remember you two have told us on numerous occasions about, you know, the hard people, who you, you know, the hard players who you came up against. And Alan Little's the one who gets mentioned time and time again. He was, you know, off the radar, wasn't he?
2: Oh, absolutely, Mark. Yeah, I mean, obviously, have played with him twice. He played with him at Halifax, and there was a tale going about when there, when he was at Halifax. There was um, Alan Little and, and Billy Ear sent him the table. They were Tottenham in it. Must have been in the League Cup or something. And Graham Roberts was just coming through, and he's supposed to be hard as nails. And Alan Little and uh, Billy Ayer were just passing him, passing him to each other, and he said he, he was absolutely punched him by the end of the game. It was just like, but well, Alan Little was an absolute kid, man. He was. I've never seen anything like it. Had a big scar down his arm, right, literally right, right down the outside. I said, what happened there? And said, that looks a bad scar. She said, oh, I broke my elbow on Bob Newton's chin. <laughs> 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 he was there. Uh, oh, he's, he, I don't know, he'll tell you. He was just, uh, we broke his leg. We're playing Orient, John Sitton did it. And he smashed him. And Alan was just sat there and said, it's gone, it's gone. I broke my leg. And we were thinking, oh, if you broke your leg, you'd be rolling about all over the place. Anyway, they took his sock down the shin. i was, was smashed in half. And Alan just likes it. well, you win some, you lose some. That's the name <laughs> of the game. You know, he he's gave it up and he had to take it. And that was the one that more or less finished him. Like. But to be fair, if you look, you'd probably get a team of hard knocks from Hartlepool in them days. And obviously would be on the team sheet, obviously. Bob Newton, Alan Shaw, Roy Hogan, um Mick Smith, Mick Tate. Tell you me, you know, we couldn't string two passes. Did he, was lad. Did he was hard? No what shin, a hard
3: lad. Dirty a hard What a nice lad he was off the pitch. He was quite as so, a
2: mouse off the pitch. Yeah, he wasn't you get him on enough, that pitch like, whoa, you wouldn't I, mess with him. Yeah, yeah, no washing
1: pads, did he? Never ever. No, Animal. Who were the ones you feared, Mickey, when you were playing? Was it? Um, I actually remember playing against Bakes, and um, Bakes, like Nobsy said before, I went over a header and just elbowed us straight in the face. I've gone down holding my head, and I sorted myself out. go back on. Next time, I thought I'm, like, I'm going to try and do it to him, which. I was never going to hurt him, but I went and tried to elbow him back. And he actually said at the end of the game, he was like, well, I think you'll do all right, you gosh, you've got a little bit about you, you know what I mean? Rather than just shy away from it, yeah. that I went back and tried, and I didn't hurt him, but I went back to try and do something. But I just always used to find the big, strong set of forwards, because I'm backing you, elbow you, and it would just be really tough to try. Because I'm not that tall for when I played centre-half. And it's hard to deal with that type of striker. Mm. I remember I remember having a fight with Stevie Howard in a game. And I don't know how we didn't get sent off because, I, like nobody said before, I got in the clear of the ball. And Stevie's come through and just wiped us out. Um, and the Cyril Noel stands down near the, the town end. So I, I've seen him on the floor and I thought, what are you doing? So I've gone and punched him. <laughs> I thought, I thought oh, it's Stevie, I'll just punch him. So I punch him. And he's like wrestling with us, trying to throw us off. And the referee come over and went, Mickey, what are you doing? I was like, oh, it's all right. He's my mate. I was, and the referee went, I don't care if he's your mate or not. You can't go around and punch him on the pitch. He said, I've <laughs> never saw it, but don't do it again. But out that night, like Stevie had a good red eye under there. I had a black eye on top of my eye off where we would be fighting during the game.
2: I mean, you talk, you talk about like hard men. Like, say, Nobsy, Nobsy's up there. Like I've told you before, Martin. and I don't know if you know the tale, Mickey won't play a darling in the way. And... No- and Nobsey broke his jaw. There's a lad called Steve Mardenberg, who's a, a black lad, winger for them. And he sort of like tried a, an overhead kick. And he's hit Nobsey, honestly, he's volleyed Nobsey right in the jaw. Absolutely cleaned him out. His, his jaws like wobbling about all over the place. And he's like gone down and like, Nobsy, what you like. I'm, I'm all right, brother. I'm all right, brother. And I don't know if you've ever seen the film Long, Steve McQueen, he nubs you in. How do I look, brother? <laughs> I said, Kate, you're not looking so clever, mate. <laughs> honestly, his gob was like wobbling about all over the place. It was getting bigger and it was like swelling and swelling and swelling. But he wanted to stay on. He was like getting extra silly nose, I think was the manager. Like, what are you taking me off for? And honestly, he, he was like absolute animal. Nobsy. to be fair. And this Steve Martin, he said he, he nutted me foot. He nutted me foot. I didn't kick him. But I tell you what, he was out for months and months with that broken jaw. It, was,
3: it so, was funny. I had a... Uh... The Northern Echo took, like, I've got a picture on my phone, like, the Northern Echo took a picture of me jumping up off the, off the floor, him doing an overhead kick, and his foot's right up on my jaw, and he snapped it like that. But when I got took to hospital, because my mum and dad always used to go to all my games and stuff and that, like, they rushed it off to hospital, I was, like, saying the guys, like, oh, give a chance, guys, like, you know what I mean? My teeth are all over here. Like, in fact, I was talking a bit like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, they, I had blood all over, like, you know what I mean? And anyway, Gaz just said, Oh, you're off, Nobzy, stretcher. Anyway, so I walked off. I wouldn't get on the stretcher. Took us down to the hospital. So I'm in the hospital there. And um, and my face just blew up. Like, it was like, out here. I look like the elephant man. I wish I could have took, like, a picture. Yeah,
1: you do. Anyway, Nobzy. Oh, yeah, I'm not far <laughs> off,
3: brother. <laughs> you <bugger. And>, uh, <laughs> I, I was sat there on the hospital bed. And, um, and my mother come to the door and she like looked in the ward and there was only me there on, on the bed. I had the blue and white shirt. My blood was, my, my, my shirt was just all red and my head was out here. And my mother looked at us and she turned to the nurse and said, um, where's my son? I've come down to see my son, he's been playing football. The nurse said, that's him there. <laughs> mother didn't recognize us. I, my face had just like ballooned out like that, you know?
1: Yeah. I tell you, I don't know whether he was tough, but I remember a player, Nigel Pearson, when I was at Middlesbrough. Nigel, he's more bravery than tough. He was told that he had a spine injury and um, he shouldn't finish the season, basically. So he was like, no, no, I want to carry on playing. But all the doctors were like, don't play. If you hit it wrong and something goes wrong, you could end up in a wheelchair. But Nigel was like, no, no, I want to carry on end of the season I'm going to retire. So we used to be playing games, and you go and head the ball, and you would just go down on one knee. And all the lads were looking around at each other. If you were in the stand, you'd be like, "Oh my God, this this could be it." All the players on the pitch were looking. But you used to get back. Oh, yeah, ten, about two or three minutes, to get back up. And then the next set, you go and head it again. And you think, Do you know what? When you you know what might happen, but you're still willing yeah. to go and head the ball every time like he did. I think uh-huh. he's. I mean, he's a big guy anyway, but he's a he's a tough, brave man as well. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you do some daft things when you play, like when you look back,
0: like, yeah. yeah. Obviously, you three all played against um, against the old enemy, Darlington, quite a few times during your career. What memories, I know, Mickey, your memories of playing against Darlington, that brilliant assist where you later on or played for Effian. Um, but in terms of Brian and Keith, Brian, first, what were your main memories of playing against Darlington? Uh,
2: well, lots. Mark to be fair, but the year I can what sticks out. We, we went in a late game there once, and it was the year after we both got promoted, so it was like the old third division. We both got promoted from the fourth to the third, and we lost four nil. We got absolutely battered, absolutely mullered. Alan Murray went berserk, and crazy, and then we drew them in the FA Cup in the FA Cup second round, only about three or four weeks later. But when they beat us four 0 they were banging on the door, like shouting, the, giving us four 0 four 0 really, really. Rum now noses in it, you know. So anyway, we drew them in the FA Cup. And we went through on the Saturday where it was called off. It was called off because of a frozen pitch. So we had to go back through on a Tuesday night in the FA Cup, like I say, and we actually beat them 2-1. And the winners went to Ipswich. Um, and that was how I managed to score a goal. But like playing against them was always, always a bit of spice. Even in the promotion year, their home game, when, when Bakes had a broken wrist, And he actually wore like a blue sock, football sock, over his pot. And it was like, that was the game where it was like basically Bakes against um, Mark Prudder, who was in goal for them. We we murdered them. Bakes had about, I don't know, 10, 15 chances. Bruns was absolutely saving them out of his skin, tipping them over the bar. And uh, like proper muddy pitch, but Cyril Knowles game, you know. And it was like, wow, you know, we did, did everything. We just looked like towards the end of the season, if we'd won that game, and they didn't get that point from that way. They probably went up as champions that year, you know. But uh, it was always, like I said, blood and, blood and snots when we played Darlow. You know, just the same. They didn't like us. It was even better for me when Andy Torman went that way. Because I couldn't stand him, to be honest. I couldn't stand him as a teammate. And then when he went to Darlow, it was even better. Because he'd give me permission to like... I just had the red light, sorry, the green light to uh, kick him all over the place, to be fair. Because he wasn't he wasn't the most popular. I'd the dressing room. him. You know? it was just typical of the fact that he went to Darlow. was like, right. Not only is it Darlow, but it's Andy Tormann as well. Like, Just to finish the job off, it would have been nice if Russell Doig would have went there as well because it would have been the double off.
1: I think I remember when, obviously when you, when you go somewhere and you speak to people like Brian and Nobzy and Tatey and, and you realise how much hatred there is. I remember playing a game with them um, and, and Craig Little was going to take me home because obviously we're really good friends. And... Um, we came out the ground and he was like, Mickey, you can't walk with us. And I was like, well, we're getting, we're getting a lift in the same car. And he was like, no, you're going to have to walk behind. So <laughs> in the car, I had to walk about 20 metres behind them. And then we got in the car and he was like, well, I'm not sure this is a good idea. But Hodge used to hear the fact that me and him were friends. Mm-hmm. So if, if there was a big game coming up while we were playing them, you used to see it at Lins, Like, you're not allowed to speak to Mickey this week and they just like, but well, if he calls around for a cup of tea, I'm not going to turn him away at the door. Yeah. But just, I think it just gets built into you. I remember when I first went there, Brian, you might be able to tell this story better than me, but it was the end of the season, we were supposed to be going to Magaluf, but I think Brian was in a little bit of trouble. Remember Brian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had
2: a canny-court case,
1: So, Brian Brian, Bri, Bri Go on, Brian. You tell the rest of the story, exactly. I don't even remember it being that. Basically, I was sat on the plane waiting to go to Magaluf, and Brian was in a little bit of trouble with the authorities over something. So we didn't know whether he was going to come or not. So Brian, you carry on. You tell the rest of the story. Well,
2: obviously, I, I, I got charged. Obviously, got not guilty, but it went all the way to Crown Court. Basically, football violence behind the goal. You know, Hartlepool and Darlington supporters <laughs> absolutely giving me hell on. You know, there was a bit of a chicken wire offence and they just got steamed into each other. But like I say, somehow my name got got brought up into it and the cop was coming knocked at the door at <laughs> six o'clock in the morning, Operation operation on <laughs> something like that, they had the street <laughs> <going off. laughs> Anyway, I, I took us through to the garden police station. Hey, mate, I can't think of what i do. What have I done wrong here, like? Anyway, the short is this video, and it's like nothing on it. Anyway, basically it went all the way to Crown Court and the lads were due to go to Magaluf on the Monday and I started Crown Court on the, on the Monday and they said, look, don't do anything for two weeks because the trial will go for the two weeks and you'll not be able to go out the country. You have to surrender your passport. You won't be able, allowed to go out the country, you know, just in case, worst case scenario. First year at Crown Court, I've gone through all the, all the, you know, the, the local courts, the Darlington court and the magistrate courts one year later we're at crown court blokes with the wigs on and everything it's like squeaky bum time by the way <laughs> and there uh, we've gone in and me, me barrister said can i have a word like oh going to tell me i'm expecting three months here and he said oh if, if uh, the judge has had a look at it and um he says he can't believe it's got this far nothing to answer for but well, you'll still have to go into the into the court and he's just going to say look you can get yourself away so oh, i rang janet and said oh look everything's all right now will you do us a favor janet will you ring me tate? tell him i can go to magaluf now so they were literally at the airport they booked in and there's one space left for me to check in to go on the airplane and so like i said the lads had already gone on the plane they didn't know anything about it, probably only tady and i'd managed to like like say run through the customs run through the you know all the check-in and everything like that I got up the steps got on the plane and then, like, say, walk the batter towards the back of the plane, and they're like, "Bloody yellow, you get here!" Like, don't expect this to be in Durham Jail or something like. But um
1: you've never heard of, you've never heard a cheer like eh? it. you know what I mean. Obviously, when Brian walked on that plane, the whole plane, erupted at the back, the front of the plane must have been thinking, "Who's oh, this lad?" What we got the toilet? I <laughs> but,
2: uh, but to be fair, looking back now, I can laugh about it. Like, but at the time, it wasn't like Christ Almighty it was like really, really took its toll all in the family, like this you just don't know you don't know what they've got up the sleeves you think like wow if that's the video evidence what they've got on me i don't see what they're on about like and all the time you know i was saying that janet honestly i haven't done that wrong please believe me i haven't done no wrong but they must have been thinking well if it's got that far you must have done something wrong but like i it just got through. All the first year total waste of like taxpayers money and like say a lot of heartache within the family but luckily it just it went the right way was Magaloff good and Magaluf was especially good that year, I, I tell you what,
1: I remember it because it, I think it might have been my first trip and I'd never yeah. been before and I'd turn up and we went to this, Brian, you don't know the name of the bar it was like a 24 hour bar, so we got there early morning I was yeah. thinking, I'll get me here for a kip now, tomorrow yeah. I'll be on a sun lounge around the pool Yeah I was like, I, I was room with Brian, he was like, no i you are going straight out we <laughs> about 10 minutes into this bar, police stormed into this bar, we're sitting having a drink this policeman whacked me around the back of the head with a truncheon. So I've <laughs> been in my look 10 minutes. I've been whacked around the head with a truncheon. So I was like, I'm going back. So I went back to the room. Got up the next morning, nine o'clock, with my towel and my like stuff for the pool. Came back about five o'clock. I was absolutely steaming. And I, I remember saying to Brian, I was like, I can't do this for a week. No chance can I do this. Oh, it's a
2: killer. It's an absolute
0: killer. Did you do that with was-, was that was that your no,
2: I never never went
0: to Madrid. Many... Nobbsy never used to go, Nobbsy. No. Yeah.
2: What's your cup of tea?
3: Steady away, boy. Steady away, boy. Actually,
2: Nobbsy, I'll tell a tale now about, Nobbsy went on a mid-season break, Hartlepool mid-season break, when the Gary Gibson days, basically <laughs> he just wouldn't pay the bill. So we've gone to Ben Medina for a, for a mid-season break. We're due to play Doncaster in the FA Cup on the Saturday. And they took us to to Manchester Airport on the Sunday. So, gone down, found out the air, the planes delayed. So, we're stuck in Manchester airport and Nobbs is hammering the whiskey back. Nobody's ever seen him like this. Never touched, you know, he's never been on a night out. Used to walk on a Wednesday night all the time to 42nd Street. No, brother, I'm staying in, brother. Never, ever, never, ever come out. Any he are all like that. Anyway, he's come on this mid season break and he's like, we're sitting in and he's knocking the whiskeys and he's absolutely paralysed. He's absolutely <laughs> off his head. And and at the time, he's, his wife was, was expecting with. Well, who we know is Jordan, you know. So Andy Savile says him, um, so what you going to call a baby then, brother? He says, well, oh, brother, um, if it's a boy, we're going to call it Jordan. And if it's a girl, we're going to call it Jordan as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Andy Savile said, well, why don't you call it Ob? Ob Nobs. <laughs> <laughs> and Nobs went, dream, baby, dream. <laughs> Honestly he was absolutely Pilate for a week Never ever seen him Like that before Never seen him like that again He was getting carried with his clothes
3: sick in his room And all I used, to, the- I used to, when, I, when I used to have A few whiskeys Like I used to Get a bit naughty sometimes Like oh, Headlocks There was One time I I blew up um, Eddie Blackburn <laughs> We went down to um, I think we finished the season and We went down to Newmarket um, yeah, Races right. to do the 1000 yeah. guineas Stuff so I went into a joke shop and Eddie used to smoke like the consulate. He used to sit with his coffee in a consulate, leg over his in, just sit and just smoke like that. You know, and it's like he used to smoke all the time. One time, like half time, like he was he was off in the oh, toilet, smoking the toilets and stuff, his consulate and stuff. So anyway, I, I put some bangers in his consulate. So he smoked and boom, he blew up like so. So that was it with us then. So I put a few more in. And I spaced him out and stuff and that, like, so I kept blowing him up. And then in the end, like, Eddie's like, Nobsey, I'll knock you out if I blow me up again. So I went out and I bought him some consulate. And I said, hey, Eddie, I'm really sorry. Like, you know, a bit, bit of a laugh, like, you know what I mean? I, so I, I undid the bottom of the consulate and stuck them back together again. And I put three bangers in, in the cigarette. And so he's going back on the bus and he's, he's used to smoke his, his cigarettes, like, like, like a chain smoker and anyway he opened his new pack of, of consulate and I'm thinking oh shit <laughs> so as, as he's going to light up he says nobsy if this blows me up son I'm going to knock your head off and I said Eddie would I do that as he said yes yeah. and I'm like oh shit anyway he lit it up and I'm like whoa <laughs> and, and he didn't and, and he lit another one up a bit later on like I'm thinking oh bloody yeah anyway Next day in training, next time we're in training, all I can hear is Eddie shouting, Nobbsy, where the bloody hell's Nobbsy? I'm gonna knock his head off when I get all of him. When I get all of him. I says, what's the matter, Eddie? He come and he had a big lump on his eye and that like, you know, and he says, I went back about one o'clock in the bloody morning. I went into bed with the missus. The missus was just reading a book. I went in to have a consulate. The missus says, oh, I'll have one of them. So, so she took his consulate. Eddie lit her up, and she exploded. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so he, she said, he, he absolutely got butted. You know. So the next time I saw him, like he had a big, big lump on his eye. Bloody hell, nobsy son. Yeah, yeah.
1: I blew him up, at home.
3: Yeah.
1: I remember we went when we went to Sweden, nobsy, with the Euro Oh teeth. Bloody hell. No, we. We got to Sweden, we had 10 beers in Sweden, we were staying in two separate things. So the first hotel we got there took us ages to get there, but it was beautiful. First like night out, the guy was like, look, we'll take you to a um, beer festival. It has a week's beer festival, this place. So right, champ. I think it's going to be a couple of down there, honestly, it was absolutely massive, this beer festival. So then he said, like, there's a nightclub along there, lads, you can go in whenever you want. So we'll go- Mark Ellis was over there, we had a big crack with him. So next year for training, I, was, I said to the lads, look, I can't keep drinking over here. It's far too expensive in the hotel. It's like six, seven quid a pint. So we're like, well, I have to come up with a plan here. So I said to the guy who owns the hotel, I was like, look, every time we have a beer, can you put it down as an energy drink? Because the chairman says we're allowed to buy the lads energy drinks. So he's like, yeah, it doesn't make any difference to me. So we got, we got home and I remember Christine all down the office like Mickey chairman, he, he's not going to sign this off and I was like why not he's like well there's 200 energy drinks done, here
0: <laughs> so
1: <laughs> we've been drinking all the beers and put them down so I had to say well we'll train them once in a are we'll playing games on the afternoon so we got away with it but we I remember Nobbs we had a night out didn't we and as I said one member of staff has to stay with the with the lads it's like well now see safe going, so you stay about so every night it was like hey, who's staying them lot was straight out It was Buster um, Richie Hill and Nobbsy straight, I couldn't keep them in so I stayed in most nights, one night we were like someone else over there from the LFA looked after them we on a night I got split up so me and Buster and um, Richie were walking back to try and go to the hotel couldn't find Nobbsy anywhere, not anywhere to be seen so we're walking back and uh, you could hear a bit of music up on this uh, like boom, boom, boom so we caught our eye we're like Buster's like Sure, that's Nobsy up there. And he's sitting on this like balcony with a bottle of Jack Daniels. I'll never forget. I was just sitting there, just minding his own business. And he's like, Come on up, lads, come on up. There's a party over there. And the whole place was absolutely bouncing with a party. Nobsy just sitting on the balcony with a bottle of Jack Daniels. Honestly, it was absolutely brilliant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember a pre season tour. We went on um well, I went on with the, the, the squad and the staff to Holland when Mick Wadsworth was um in charge, I think. Oh, he was assistant actually at the time, I think, to Chris Turner. Um, And we we used to go out in, uh, you know, where we were in in Zeist, Mickey, you went there a few times. Yeah, yeah. KMVB. And we used to walk into Zeist and have a couple of beers on the night. And um, I don't know what to tell this, but there you go. Mick Mick Wadsworth used to go outside and smoke a little cigar. So, like, we would sit inside and we'd have a drink and that. And he'd go outside with these little tiny cigars. And he, he was one for name dropping, wasn't he, the Wadster?
1: Definitely.
0: And um, we, I said, to "The lads, I oh, will tell you what we'll do is, is that we'll do a little drinking game. So, like, if Nick Wadsworth mentions like someone famous, two fingers a drink. <laughs> if he mentions Bobby Robson, you've got a neck it. So, like, after that, he came back in, and for about 25 minutes, Nick Wadsworth he never mentioned anyone famous, and like <laughs> he he mentioned people for every two minutes. It was dropping. So for 25 minutes, we're all like sitting there listening to him, and then he just suddenly went." I mean, I remember I was sat in a hotel in Brazil, just chatting to Romario. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to him, you would have loved Bobby Robson. <laughs> we were everyone around <laughs> the table just went like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, remember when, I remember being in, we, we went back to him when I was actually coaching. And Mick took yeah. real pride in his uh, appearance. Yeah. So he used to always say, oh, I'm not bad, Mick, he 60-year-old, look, still fit here. Yeah and he'd come down and then, so every day he'd be always there first at the breakfast table and we'd be coming back trying to get the lads down, get some breakfast in them before we went training and I think it was while she nudged me and he went "Yeah, hey, I a not at the this hair and I was like, what do you mean? He was like, I'm sure it's getting greer on the sides so obviously Mick must have been dying his hair at the time but he must have forgot to take his die, so every day as we were coming down, the <laughs> days were getting higher. And Walsh, Walsh absolutely loved it, didn't he? He loved winding uh, Mick up, and it was just his idea of dream, do you know what I mean? Because he had this to, just to laugh at it every day when Mick came down for breakfast. What was the, the one about the tattoo as well, remember That one, Walshie? Oh, yeah, he was. Oh, what was it that he was?
0: It was Jay Guevara. <laughs> oh, that's it. All right? Go on, you turn, more. He, he, he was telling the lads that for his 60th birthday he was going to get a tattoo. He'd been promising for a long time. He's going to get a tattoo. He's going to get Che Guevara I'm on his arm, wasn't it? Yeah. He's going to get Che Guevara on his arm, and everyone's going, oh, that would be that be dead good, that, Mick. That would be good, that. And while well, she just deadpan went, why are you getting a rave source tattooed on your arm? <laughs> 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 Mick was like, it's a cultural desert, this place, a cultural desert. <laughs> 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 um, but talk to managers, lads Obviously the one that, that people You hear stories and I know we've done a few blogs Over the years, Brian And just chatting, you know Hearing in the commentary And things like that But the great Cyril Knowles um, You two must have some Incredible stories about the great man Yeah,
3: he was He, he was it was a hard man with Cyril like, You know, it's, some people didn't get on with him at all Like Because um, if he didn't like you oh boy you'd, you'd, you'd struggle you know what I mean um, how I got to know him straight away was when I was at Middlesbrough I was only like a young pro there and Bobby Murdoch was manager and he just brought Cyril Knowles in and he'd only been there about two weeks and the Middlesbrough reserve team was like a really good reserve team like you know they won the league and I think the last game we won about 7-0 or something you know it was crazy and anyway it was a bit unusual, but um, Cyril called us all in. Um, the next next morning, like first thing, like nine o'clock, which is like really unusual. So I always remember it. it used to have like done the corridor. It was a big, long, yellow corridor, and they'd done all the change rooms out, brand new. And anyway, Cyril was just sat in his office at the, at the bottom, like, and we had to like go in the away dressing room. All sat there together, and one at a time, we all went down the corridor, and each one that come back, they're like bloody hell. He's, <laughs> yeah. that is, he's called us all the names under the sun. I'm not stopping here no more. I'm out, whoosh. And they're going in. Next one will go down, sat. Next one will go down, sat. Why, bloody hell, he's called us all the names under the sun, went down Just there. And um, anyway, like Robo, one, one of the mates, went down there, went down there. He says, oh, bloody petrified, nobsy. I says, I've, I've never had anyone swearing gesture so much in my life he called me all the names under the sun said I couldn't play football if I had all my backside he says you go home and get on your bike and start pedaling and don't come back son you know what I mean he absolutely slated him and I says well what happened Robbo he says well I was that frightened of him I didn't even dare tell him I didn't even play the other day (laughs) 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 he sacked him but um, anyway he he sacked me as well and he he said like um oh yeah calls all the names under the sun and stuff and I'm on your bike son. you anyway, i said no i said i'm not I'm, I'm stopping i'll train and i'll keep myself fit and i'll um will you know just do, do what i can he says you're not playing he says you can go and play with the kids over there he says you're not going to play again the season bugger off son get out the side and um anyway so he had a few words i had a few words with him like you know and um anyway so yeah he, he wouldn't wouldn't play so i was you just use a train, do laps. You know, I used use a train with the kids and stuff. And anyway, about like three weeks later, he he just pulled us. He just said, um, "Do you want to play tomorrow?" I says, "I thought you said you didn't want it." I says, "No, all those other lads just jump ship." He says, "I want someone with a bit of that." He says, "The the went off too easy." He says, "I want one shot of them type." I says, "I don't want want players like that." He says, "Do you want to play?" I says, "All right, yeah, I'll play." So. I says, you know, got stuck in. I absolutely kicked people ten shades to get in there. But I, like, damaged my shoulder. So I damaged my shoulder. But I didn't dare say to him, like, oh, I've hurt my shoulder. I've got to come off. So I just played with the rest of the game, just holding my shirt like that and played through for the rest of the season. Didn't go to the hospital. Didn't go to the physio because I thought, Philippe he's give us a chance here, And I'm not just going to, like, you know, run tail I've hurt my shoulder, like, you know. Anyway, after that, I played the, the season for him, and I, I went, and um, I got a phone call from the Halifax manager. He says, um, oh, can I come up and sign you? I says, what, what are you on about? He says, I, I want to come up and sign you. He says, I, I had a word with this, with this bloke. He says, whatever he says goes. He says, he, he told me to sign you, and um, it turned out to be Cyril Nose. He phoned him up out the blue, because I'd stuck in, and the other ones had left, he phoned him up, he says, hey, get him signed, he'll do a good job for you. And then next time I saw him was at Harnappu, like, you know what I mean? So he was a hard lad, though. He used to used used to, he used to, he used to, he used to, train every single day, but he used to do people over the top. He used to straight leg them. And um, when I was in hospital, he came in every single day in hospital when I'd dummy face. He came in every single day on the afternoon to see us. And he was talking to us and he was saying, um, oh, don't tell any of the lads. But well, the only reason why I like going straight legged all the time is that if I get tackled to the side, he says, I'll be a cripple. I'll be in a wheelchair. Because he'd done his knee that bad that he, he could only tackle straight legged. So whenever he used to tackle, he used to cripple people. And you, the lads would be crying in agony. But he was a hard man, Cyril. Like, he used to just like, look over the top of them and just say, be a man, son. Get up. Get him out my side. Get him off the pitch. And off he goes off playing again. Like, you know, he was a hard
2: bloke. He was a uh, was- he, um, he used to hate any like, sort of like flair players. We had a lad called Alan Lamb, who was like a really, really skillful player. We got him from Nottingham Forest. Proper, proper, really good player. Anyway, at this time we were training over the Mill House in the gym. So obviously there was like article supporters in the, in the balcony thing just overlooking it and seeing, just watching the games we're having the 5 side it was a Friday afternoon and um, I'm playing this 5 side and he went Brian, Brian come here son give us your bib and he's like took the bib off me and put this bib on and Alan Lamb's got the ball like drag backs and L-drags and doing all this and Sill's come in and he's absolutely you clacking him, him. <laughs> <laughs> he's flat with him he's laid him out and he's like like he said he's two-footed him and Alan Lamb's like laid on the floor like crying He like come on you get up son and he's like, like looking over the balcony like that, like bloody hell, what's he doing there? Like he's an absolute. He used his thumbs used to go like I used to have this thing where if he used to lose his temper, he'd get his thumbs like this, and he honestly used to go the bollocks. Were like horrendous, like di- different level like the the he used to give people. It was it mainly me and Daltz used to get it because I think he just used to hate wingers. He absolutely <laughs> despised wingers. And Robbie Robbie used to get it because he was a left back as well. So there's me, Robbie, and Daltz used to get it like. Like obviously full full throttle, like Bates and Joe, them with the Golden Boys, and I suppose obviously like Nubs you off before, like love Mick Smith, but honestly he used to make our lives hell, like absolutely hell.
3: Yeah. He, uh, I was gonna say when I was at Middlesbrough there, he'd only been there a couple of weeks, and um because he was such like hard hard bloke, like with what he used to do, like having training wise, he had them running and lapping and all sorts, he was a proper fitness mad. And um I think Terry Cochrane must have um had a few words with the manager like behind his back. So um manager must have pulled Cyril and said, hey, You've got to take it easy on the pros They that don't like all this, like 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 slagging them off and it, like wouldn't take nothing of anyone like so Cyril pulled him to one side, yeah, mean you in this room now, locked doors, sorted out like a man. <laughs> <laughs> he, was like, he was like, Yeah, you didn't mess with him, brother, did you? No, no, he's a maniac,
2: he? absolute off his rocker yeah. right, to be fair. But but he got results, didn't he? You know, I mean, we were bottom of the league at the time and he just came in yeah. and just ran the socks off Because it wasn't. It went from like being in at 10 o'clock and going on none of that anymore. It was like nine to five circuits on the afternoon. If, you, if you're injured, that was it. He was just absolutely, he had to be in that basket. He had to deal with it. Oh, it was horrendous. We used One to go
3: dock runners and that, brother.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you can remember. And obviously, there was a reserve game. And he come to watch it, it was a night game. I think the reserves were playing Bradford City and it was a mud bath, absolute mud bar. Was, I think Gukki was playing, Ian Dunbar, all um, Anyway, they got beat about 4 or 5 nil off a good Bradford team, to be fair. And Cyril wasn't even at the team. Pop was manager at the time, but Cyril was manager of the first team. And he come down at full time. Pop's gone through them, he's gone crackers with them. And Cyril's come in and this is like different level now. He's gone up and so Ian Dunbar's gone to like, he's took his boots off. And he's like, he says, where are you going, son? Where are you going? Where are you going, son? He says, I'm going to have a shower. And he says, no, 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 no. No, you're not. Get your flats on. He used to call trainers flats, didn't he? Get yeah. your flats on. You're going on a dock run. So he's like, oh, yeah, just not, not all of you, All of Flats on now. You're going on a dock run. So this is about 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night. This now. Middle of winter. So he set them off on a dock run. Going like past the obviously along the docks, up church, Street, There's people coming out the bars and saying, still got that kits on the lads. Who the hell's these running around Hartlepool Town Center? And the lads are like, if, if you're last you've got to do it again. And he's standing there with a stopwatch, he says, you won't get big 5-0 next week. <laughs> and we never knew <laughs> that. Yeah. Oh, ball game. Different, different, like I say, a different he either loved you or he absolutely despised you like and There's mm. no grey areas with him like
1: Yeah what well, what I was going to say like for some players that would work wouldn't it? You know what I mean? Like that would some people like that sort of management, others wouldn't. Mm. You wouldn't get away with that now with players, but no, no when, you, when you were playing, it was a totally different generation, wasn't it? It was a yeah. hard game, and it was where managers, managers held the key then. They were in. Oh,
2: well, no. Yeah, absolutely.
1: There was no such thing as player power. There was, there was no way yeah. you could tell the manager you didn't like training, you didn't like the food, you didn't like the formation. And mm. it, it, by the sounds of it, I, wasn't, I never met him, but by the sounds of it, he was in charge, and he would tell everyone what he wanted to do.
2: Mm. Oh, absolutely! I mean, I honestly think he's—you he's, know—the way he went on only took us so far. You know, we ended up getting promotion that year just through Alan Murray coming in and, and just a different environment. All of a sudden, he was telling me and Dalt's like, "Well done, you're a good player." you. And then all of a sudden, it was just freedom, and like Dalt's went on to just be like unbelievable that season. But it went from one extreme of like boot camp, dock runs, double dock runs in on a Sunday. Mm getting shouted at like 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 it's like like it's belittling you all the time to be fair if you lost a game to like all of a sudden Alan Murray coming in, just go and play. Playing four four two, just go and play. And it was just like a relief to be fair, you know.
3: We just used to have a game of five side and
2: that was it. It was
3: but no, mind you I think I think all the hard work was done was civil to get us to fit. I, I don't oh. think I've ever been as fit as what I'd been like no. like with him in charge. And I think the momentum helped carry us on, but with with Murray, like he, he just come in, we just came a five aside, and we, we just seemed I as mean, so though we, we hit a patch, and we just went out, and we just thought we would win every game, didn't we? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. We, I we mean, Pop had a little bit more say, didn't he? Pop Pop Robson had a little bit more say yeah. under yeah. Alan Murray, where when it was Cyril, he just put Nothing. the phones out, and that was it. Oh no, no. no. Uh, no but no, I think no, that was no, especially no, with man. Joe, because he did a lot of work with Joe, Joe and, um, Joe and Bakes at the up, up the front, you know, and. Obviously, Joe scored about maybe 40 goals that season. Mm. But um, Pop, Pop had a lot more to do then. He was brilliant, Like
1: mm-hmm. We were talking to Nels about this last week. And even when when me and Nels played, we remember doing like 11 v 11 games. But there wasn't a lot of tactical stuff involved. What uh, about when you played? Was there, Did you uh, get uh, to find out about the opposition, the way they no,
2: played? Or? None of that. No, you just... You just. I, I honestly can't remember make, getting like coached. You know, like in a phase of play or anything like that. It was none of that. It was fit as hell, ran, ran the legs off you and then five sides or keep ball or out like that. But the main thing he just said, look, I know you're playing at a certain level. You're going to stick the four four two, 2 and it was just cross the ball. Put it in for Bakes. Bakes would get ahead and Joe would put, you know, just stick it in the net. But never any, like, anything run down or you're playing against the left back or out like that. It just, you just sort, sort of like did your own thing by, you used to get the Match Weekly at the time and, See, so he was playing for Halifax last week, and but no, none of that. No rundown on opposing teams or anything like that. None of it.
0: Well, it was that momentum, wasn't it? I remember you telling me, Keith, you know that game where against Northampton in in oh, where you had to you, you go out and get the win for promotion. You were in the dressing room, more or less, saying, "We are going to win today." That was the mentality by that stage.
3: Oh, well, it was. I, I think everyone in in the in the dressing room just went out to believe. We we, we just can it lose against them. You, you just felt as though that everything was, was just going at like momentum and just keep going, you know what I mean? And and the crowd were absolutely great, you know. to like, get out there and have the Vic full, and they were absolutely buzzing. You know, every time you picked up a ball, they were, they were shouting, go on, Mosey! go on, Nobsy, son, get him now, you know. They, they, were, they were like, you were proper, like, buzzing, you know. Uh, and I think it just, like, carried you over, didn't it, you know? Yeah.
2: I think it was Alan Murray's one of his first games. It might have even been his first game. We went down to Aldershot on a midweek game. We ended up beating him about six-one or something on a Tuesday night down there. And I think it was Alan's first game. And like I say, going from like one extreme of like, you know, getting shelled at and and just absolutely boot camp it was like an army camp to like all of a sudden, wow, he, he, the manager just said, "I'm a good player there." What the hell? And he had a spring in his step and went out to Aldershot. And it just seemed to go from there. We were beating. We're beating everybody, and like say, on that last game against um Northampton, it was just we were never ever going to lose that game because, like you say, we'd come out for a warm up, and normally there's about 200 people in the ground. Like, and this we come out for a warm up at that last two, and there was about 7,000 in the ground. We thought, oh, bloody hell, there's a bit of expectation levels here day but we still could have won that and not gone up to be fair if the results had gone against us, to be fair, and we could have lost that and still gone up. There's loads of, <coughs> of on in that last game. But well, thankfully, like I say, we got the result. I think Peterborough and I think it was Torquay ended up losing out. Darlington were champions and I think we finished second or third. So it was a, uh, just just like saying this in the spring months when Alan come in and, and Pop had a little bit more say on the team and a little bit more say on the coaching then everything just seemed like a lot more belief in ourselves, really. Like like Nobsey says there, just, we just went out every game thinking, ah, well, we're going to win this. And it was easy, just play 4-4-2 every week. If Nobbsy had the ball, if I had the ball, put it in the box, Bakes would generally go up and Joe would, you know, Joe would put okay. being same on the left-hand side, Robbie and Daltz, you know, no, like, nothing fancy or frilly about it, when we didn't have the ball get behind the ball and that was it. Mm. Sounds easy, but like I say, we had, the, I think we had the fitness in the bank from the start of the season with Sil. you know, a year and a half with Cyril, the fitness in the bank and then like I say, the football side of it, we had that to go with it.
0: Who were the characters in that squad than the, you know, the ones who the, the lads, you know, took the mick out of? Who were the ones who took the make out of the other lads? Who, who were the, the larger than life members of that squad or the squads you played in? To be fair, it was a good dressing room, Mark. I know, like, it's,
2: it's, you know, we all say this, oh, what a good, you know, when you win and you tend to say, oh, what a good dressing room we've got. But it was a good dressing room. Joe was like yappy and like Joe is, you know, Bakes is a character. Nobs, you like to say, dry sticks. Robbie was, Robbie was a funny lad. When Robbie had a pint and he had a couple of drinks down, We, you know, he, he loosened up a little bit, you know, John McPhail with his suntan and shaved legs and Nivea cream and...
3: Roll his know, trousers he, up as high as they could.
2: Ah, his shorts were rolled up, the yeah, eyes, shaved his legs and put the false yeah. tan on his legs and things like that, but it was, it was just, it was good crack, it was a really good dressing room, to be fair. Were
1: they, were they all local lads at the time, Brian? Did you have anyone from out the area or...?
2: Yeah, more or less, yeah. we just know, obviously Robbie was Scottish, but he lived in Hartlepool. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin Poole, he's, well he lived in Middlesbrough at the time. Um, yeah, but they all lived lived, you know, Joe was at Washington Picks at Newcastle, Dogs Middlesbrough, John Tinkler, Trimden, Tuppy was Richmond or so. Do
1: you think that yeah, helps? Yeah. I remember when when we were in Hartlepool, the first time when we were was sort of successful, most of the lads were really in Durham, I mean, Richie moved yeah. up to Lanchester. Westy was living in Hartlepool. So everyone moved up. but Then it sort of became a thing where you didn't have to move up anymore. So we had a group of probably five or six lads that were in Sheffield that were driving up. And I remember it getting to a point where the manager would be like, well, it's pointless bringing them up because they have to drive from Sheffield. It's pointless we're only going to do a cool down, so they don't have to come. And then the lads who were local are like, well, that's not fair. I've uh-huh. still got to get up and come to yeah. work. Yeah. started bringing the divide to the club, you know, like there was like,
0: I think, think Nobzy will, will tell you as well not only on the playing side but you know getting them to do you know appearances around the town and things like that as part of the community work and things it was more difficult if the lads lived away yeah. There was yeah <coughs> under, under, under certain areas of ior in the years that you, you had to live in a certain radius of yeah you know. there was, yeah.
3: yeah yeah it's it, it's obviously like better because you, you end up doing like a lot of the community stuff just like the local lads end up like getting it all, you know what I mean? It's, it's uh,
2: isn't
3: it, yeah. Used to do some funny ones as well. Like I, I went to a pigeon fanciers club one time. I think it was out, <laughs> up, out, out in Manor, about 11 o'clock, presenting these pigeon awards. <laughs> presenting these pigeon awards and stuff and that like. And um, anyway, I, I went out and when I was going to go out and go home, he's this little girl, stood with a little pony. So <laughs> <It's like, laughs> What, what are you doing? Anyway, the, the brought his dad out, absolutely drunk as a skunk, put him over the horse, and she took him home on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> you I think like, what, eh? Yeah, a yeah but dude. I think
0: the
2: thing like you say, Mark, when when IOR, and I think when, especially when Chris Turner was manager, they made the move up. I remember like when Darren Knowles and that were travelling, and... and thingy lucas i forget his first name now yeah they, they used to get out the car at the training ground and they were bent up double you know what i mean i said that, that couldn't be good for them like you know traveling two or three hours and then all of a sudden that the train train you know the bad backs and everything like
1: we had the same Brian. we were like um it was when i'd finished playing i was coaching we had scotty flinders sam collins monk they Austin, i think simon walton so five of them were coming up in the car and one day they got out and there was probably two or three of them couldn't train because like you say they're back Mm. I remember, it might have been Mick or it might have been the manager before. Was like, that's what car are you traveling in, like to get up here. And it was Scotty Flynn and Mrs. Mini or something like that. So five of them were traveling up two hours yeah. in a minute. Yeah. I like, well, no wonder you can hardly walk when you get uh, it.
3: Yeah, no, it's no good. It's like, it's like well, it's like a lot of the journeys as well, the bus journeys, like wherever you went from here, it, it, it was always a long journey and stuff like it. It always saps your your legs a little bit, doesn't it, when you go and stuff and traveling. That night. Yeah, yeah. Can it can have be been good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Unless we went by playing that time, don't you, with Gary Gibson, he didn't pay the bill. <laughs> Ply- Plymouth and Exeter are I we're flying there going, oh, oh, this is the life. We, we the never
3: life. got over the rooftops, did we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Propellers. It was
3: like that, wasn't it? Bloody hell.
1: <laughs> it was, called it was one spin. of those
3: propeller things that you had to wind up to start it. <laughs> what
1: the bloody hell is this? Yeah. I, I remember being... Being in Middlesbrough, we were flying to Southampton one day and we went to Teesside Airport and they had like, it looked like a caravan with some wings on the side. Like that sort of plane. Yeah. And um, so we all filed on at the back. And I think, I'm sure it was uh, Branco, the left back, just got on and he went to look at his seat and his seat had some gaffer tape around the window. <laughs> he, just, he just turned around and he was like, nope. No, no, <laughs> no, playing. And his mate or his advisor drove him down. But I remember thinking, I, I didn't want to get on the plane myself, but as a 17, year old lad, you had no pull, but he was just like, no, 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 I'm going on my own. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, thanks, lads. That's been absolutely uh, superb. Top draws, yeah, super man. And, and uh, thanks yeah. for joining us. As you know, I've been trying to get this for months, probably years. Yeah. I've been saying to you both, haven't I? I want to do a podcast with you two. <laughs> so finally we've got round to it but uh, different circumstances that I hoped but uh, thanks very much and Mickey thanks again cheers. cheers fellas. Yeah. yeah.
2: cheers brother yeah, cheers
0: brothers right.
2: and uh, take care stay
0: safe,
3: boys yes yeah, look at
0: boys yeah we'll be back obviously uh, the ne- as soon as we can with the next one we've got a few guests lined up so uh, keep checking us out we've got Twitter we've got Instagram we've got uh, Facebook got our YouTube channel make sure you hit subscribe as well and we'll be back uh, Next one as soon as we can. Dream, brother. Dream, baby. Go on,
2: Mosey. (laughs) Hey, boy.